It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Bears fans for another episode of the Chicago Audible. Our quarterback stinks, and that's reflected in this week's matchups. So let's get into them, why don't we? Week 10 versus the Detroit Lions. Number one, Eddie Jackson versus Matthew Stafford. We're looking at a guy from Eddie Jackson who has 34 total tackles on the year, two passes defended, ultimately not exactly the guy we thought we were going to get coming into this year. And uh, he's going against a guy who's been slinging it since the moment he got into Detroit. He's kind of been the greatest franchise quarterback to never win anything. Matthew Stafford on this season has 187 uh, completions on 291 attempts. Nearly has 2,500 yards, just a yard short of that mark. 19 touchdowns to 5 interceptions. He has as many uh, interceptions as Mitchell Trubisky has touchdowns this year. So when I'm looking at this matchup, I'm thinking of a center fielder uh, in Eddie Jackson that we really haven't gotten to see a lot of this year. I really don't think he's gotten to play that single high look a whole lot. Hasn't gotten to play, like I mentioned, that center fielder where he's reading the quarterback, where he's really kind of given that freedom to execute uh, that defense, uh, to execute kind of his instincts. And that and that's what Eddie Jackson was so good at last year. But this year he just hasn't been given that freedom or a lot of opportunities And a lot of that's because the uh, opposing offenses have basically gotten to run whatever they want because either they have a lead or there's been very little pressure put on them by the Bears offense in general. So I think this will be a really important one to start off restricted to places that Matthew Stafford can go with the ball, especially when you're talking about uh, deeper developing routes, intermediate to deep. So matchup number one, pretty important there. Eddie Jackson versus Matthew Stafford. 
On to matchup number two, where if you've probably been listening to these, you expect an offensive matchup because I started with defense. Well, guess what? Our quarterback stinks, so we're going with defense again because we got to win with the defense, I guess, nowadays. So we're going Kyle Fuller versus Kenny Galladay, and this is a situation of best on best for their respective teams. Kyle Fuller, 43 total tackles on the year, seven passes defended, three picks. If you ask me, he's pretty much the guy that's really held the standard as far as what this defense was expected to do in terms of, you know, stat sheet production and also just in terms of performance on the field. You know, I think a lot of people respect uh, wide receivers for running a ton of routes in a game. That's that's one big thing that air raid receivers have to be cognizant of or have to be able to do is run 50 to 60 routes a game. And that's a lot. You have to have a lot of gas in the tank to do that. But you have to understand that's even harder for a defensive back. They're reacting, not, not uh, just executing. So... The fact that Kyle Fuller has performed as well in the statute, obviously the three interceptions are really big standout there uh, in comparison to a team that really just hasn't been able to create a lot of takeaways. I think that stands out, and he'll be matched up against a pretty talented youngster in Galladay. Uh, he has 35 receptions on the year, 640 yards, seven touchdowns, pretty much Matthew Stafford's go-to guy for the most part. You no, know, uh, Marvin Jones is kind of coming to the fold a little bit more as of late, and he's obviously a good target as well. But I think Galladay is kind of the more dynamic athlete at this point. So that's why I have the best on best here between Fuller and Galladay. You know, we have two of the larger defensive pieces, the two leaders in the secondary, at the very least for the Bears, uh, in my two matchups up here, because it's going to be important that you're denying the big play here. You know, uh, Detroit is all about kind of lulling you to sleep and then making you pay with some big plays, especially in the first quarter. Uh, If anyone was watching, uh, I can't remember which recent game they had, the Detroit Lions and their uh, first quarter statistics, but they're great in the first quarter. They really struggle later on in the game. Big Big point of weathering the storm and maybe even getting a few cheap takeaways off the Detroit Lions to start the game, and that's why these two matchups, including number two, Kyle, Ver- sorry, Kyle Fuller versus Kenny Galladay, so important here. On to matchup number three, we have J.P. Holtz versus Trey Flowers. If you haven't heard of J.P. Holtz's name, it's because he has two receptions for 23 yards, but we don't care about that because our quarterback stinks so I'm talking about a stat that's not going to end up on a stat sheet that's pancakes, baby. And that's because that's why I'm having to go. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, Getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Against Trey Flowers, I'm thinking about a run-heavy approach here. I'm thinking about 1985 football because we can't throw the ball. We got to run it 30 times a game. That's no respect to Jim McMahon, by the way. That's just overall the style of football I really think this team's going to have to employ to really win the game. So at this point, J.P. Holtz is by far the most uh, productive tight end at doing his gosh darn job, which is blocking for the most part and running a few routes. So J.P. Holtz by far has opened up the most amount of running lanes, and that's why I have him in here. You know what? Trey Burton isn't giving you much of the passing game, and you know he can't block worth anything, so get him off the field. Adam Shaheen hasn't blocked very well this season, so get him off the field. Get someone who can create a run hole for me, and he's going to have a pretty tough task, Trey Flowers. Obviously a really big piece of that Patriots uh, team for a while. To this point in the year, he has 29 total tackles for the Detroit Lions. Four sacks even, leads the team for the Detroit Lions. 
We're not really talking a whole lot of J.P. Holtz in regards to uh, pass blocking aspect here. He could be, of course, called on to do that. Our quarterback stinks, so I hope we don't pass a lot. But you, you, overall, you just gotta you just gotta have someone on the field who's gonna be able to open up running lanes, and uh, that that's something that I think J.P. Holtz can do, and it's someone I hope to have on the field more. And if he becomes one of those more opportunistic tight ends that. You know, it's kind of known for run blocking, but also can kind of get out there on the pass a couple times. You know what? Hey, we open up that big gain on those play-action passes when we do decide to do that scary thing called passing when you have a quarterback that stinks. Uh, But that's why I have him in here. Matchup number three, J.P. Holtz versus Trey Flowers. On to matchup number four, I have David Montgomery versus the former Chicago Bear, Christian Jones, linebacker for the Detroit Lions. Uh, the reason you have David Montgomery uh, coming at you as the number four matchup on this list is because he is the offense as far as I'm concerned at this point. If you want to win games consistently, guess what? You're going to have to run the ball really well. To this point in the year, we've seen flashes of the Bears doing it, but not enough. So David Montgomery this year, 112 carries, 406 yards, five touchdowns through the year. He has 18 grabs, 133 yards, no touchdowns on the year. Uh, I think we all expected David Montgomery to be a uh, bigger contributor as far as overall offensive statistics. I don't think it's because of the player. I don't think it's because of the performance of the execution. On his part, at least, I think it's a lot to do with the pieces around him. But I think at this point, hey, let him be a bell cow. Let him, let him earn some stripes in the NFL. You know, Let him go out there and win some games, and I think this is one that he can do. I think the Bears play their divisional opponents pretty well at home for the most part. I think the Vikings have had a pretty tough time at Soldier Field for a long, for a long while. And then you even have the Detroit Lions who have had, even when the Bears were pretty rough, uh, just as a season whole weren't very talented. The the Detroit Lions still struggled playing the Bears in Chicago a lot of the time. Even if the Bears would lose the game, a lot of those uh, games were one possession, whereas in the Motor City, not quite the same story. So if you're asking me, turn it off, hand it off to David Montgomery. And if I'm David Montgomery, I'm trying to seek out the place where Christian Jones is because I don't think a lot of you guys were listening to uh, my content. I think I was still writing for Windy City Sports at the time uh, when I was talking about Christian Jones as the master linebacker who accumulates tackles three yards behind the line of scrimmage. And when you get contact three yards, uh, sorry, three yards past the line of scrimmage, I'm talking behind the line of scrimmage when you're uh, referring to the defense. So you're talking about a three-yard gain at first contact. It means you're talking five to six yards by the end of the tackle. So Christian Jones has never been someone who attacks the line of scrimmage all that well. And though he gets a lot of volume tackles, he's a good pursuer. He has good hustle. He's just not someone who's instinctual enough to kind of make those plays in the backfield a lot of the time. So if I'm David Montgomery, I'm going towards Christian Jones whenever I have a chance because if he's making first contact, chances are offense is staying on schedule, which means we don't have to throw the ball, which is great news when your quarterback stinks. On to matchup number five, our game breaker of the week. It's not the quarterback who stinks. I really tried to give him as many chances as I could. Everyone who's listened to this podcast knows he was my game breaker for like five weeks in a row. And he broke my heart five weeks in a row. So no longer is the quarterback who stinks and will not be named. He is no longer not only going to appear on my matchups. This game breaker is going to go to our defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano versus offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, Daryl Bevel. And really, these are kind of two guys who, although they're coordinators, they're really kind of guys who uh, own that part of the locker room. Chuck Pagano, obviously, with the head coach of Matt Nagy, who's an offensive mind. Chuck Pagano's basically got his hands all over that defense. Talking about Matt Patricia, who's mainly a defensive guy, working with uh, Bill Belichick for all those years up in New England. 
Daryl Bevel mostly has control of that offense. Now, Chuck Pagano, you have, I would argue, the most talented group of defenders in the NFL. And yet, from last year to this year, the defense has not been performing nearly at the level that they did the year before. And that's, you know what, I'm not pretending that it's easy to replicate the numbers that the defense had in 2018. It's hard to create those takeaways. Takeaways, a lot of times, require luck. And when it's happening, when your defense is great and rolling them out time after time, it feels like it's talent, but guess what? You need bad decisions to be made, and sometimes you know pressure creates those bad decisions, but great quarterbacks, you know, they avoid those bad decisions. They know to throw the ball away. They know to take the sack at some points. You know, takeaways are just not, uh, just not uh, a stat that you can repeat all the time. And the Bears are seeing that this year. But a lot of ways, I think it's because Pagano has not been the aggressive coordinator that we all kind of expected him to be. I see a lot of kind of lax calls uh, as far as his defense is concerned. A lot of backing off in the zone when I never would expect him to back off in the zone. I don't think he's using his best players. at. Uh, I don't think he's using his players at their best talents a lot of the time. I don't think we've seen Matt cut loose a lot of times. I don't think we've seen a lot of blitzes putting Mac on his own. I know things have gotten tougher with Akeem Hicks uh, being able to absorb a lot of uh, pressure or a lot of attention. But you have the guys on this team to accomplish uh, getting pressure on the quarterback, to accomplish taking the ball away more than they have at the very least. So if you ask me, the game breaker here is on Chuck Pagano. And Daryl Bevel is a guy that's kind of shown a little bit of everything. He's kind of shown the side that I think Matt Patricia likes a whole lot, which is someone who's willing to run the ball a whole lot. The problem is it's kind of hard to do that when your lead back and carry on Johnson isn't in. And the other guys you have is uh, McKissick, who's really kind of a Tariq Cohen more or less, just uh, if you ask me, a much slower version. Um uh, just a less dynamic version overall. He's a solid out of the he's a solid guy out of the backfield. I think he accomplishes a lot um, of uh, passbacks. Jeez, Theo Riddick, he's the guy that uh, he he really accomplishes that role pretty well. Ty Johnson is kind of just a vanilla runner, if you ask me. He's not going to do anything to wow you a whole lot. But th- that's the kind of the brand of football they like to pound the rock a whole lot and then utilize play action a ton. I don't know how well they'd be able to do that just because of the lack of running threats they have in the backfield at this point in time. Um, But really what I'm worried about is Darrell Bevel can still call a really solid pass game, and guess what? The the Lions have the tools uh, to really execute that. You know, you have Hawkinson as a rookie tight end. You have two really good receivers in uh, Galladay and Marvin Jones, and then you even have a good slot production out of uh, Amendola as well. You have a lot of good weapons there. You know, it's just whether or not it's really a coordinator battle to me at this point because you know I don't see the Bears offense scoring a whole lot, um, and really the offense that has the ability to score is Detroit. So if you're able to keep this game low scoring, if you're able to create some takeaways, give the give the offense some uh, good opportunities with short fields, then you know I think this is a game the Bears can win. But you know what? As I've said a lot this podcast, when your quarterback stinks. Your options are limited, and that's why you got to have your defensive coordinator kind of be your game-breaker matchup of the game and call a great game and get his guys in the perfect spots to make big plays. Now into this week's winning edge where we go through each matchup again and decide which player or coach, in this case, has the advantage uh, for each individual matchup, I beg your pardon. So we're going back up to the top. Number one, Eddie Jackson versus Matthew Stafford. 
Eddie Jackson has not been the same player this year. I think part of it has to do with the defensive play calling, as I mentioned earlier. Part of it is I just think he's having a bit of a down year. It's not a sophomore slump, obviously, but uh, I think he's having a down year. I think Stafford, one way or another, whether it's, you know, kind of that first quarter flurry they're so known for, or whether it's just they have so many cracks uh, at throwing the ball downfield. I think he's going to get a few in on Eddie Jackson. Got to give this one to Matthew Stafford. One matchup to Detroit. Uh, none for Chicago. Moving on to matchup number two, I have the Bears pulling even here. Um, I like Kyle Fuller a whole lot. I think, like I said, he's been performing really well. Kind of an unsung hero for a defense, which obviously there aren't a lot of heroes that are going to be crowned when you're losing like the Bears are. But I really think Kyle Fuller has played really well. I think he's played lights out. Kenny Galladay's a great matchup and a, and a great player, but I think Kyle Fuller is going to be able to control him for the most part in this game. Who's on a matchup number three, J.P. Holtz versus Trey Flowers. I actually have J.P. Holtz win in this matchup. I really like what he's done as a blocker. I really like uh, kind of like it's really what a tight end was like in 2004, 2005, if you ask me, if unless your name was, uh, you know, Antonio Gates or Tony Gonzalez. You know, it was these guys who were, you know, really tweener athletes between linemen and a wider. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24-7 with supplies and solutions for every industry and access to product specialists ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Receiver leaning more towards the lineman side, they were just opportunistic receivers. Um, but they were really good at getting the job done on the line of scrimmage, and I really think uh, J.P. Holtz embodies that so far to this point in the season. Trey Flowers is a really good player, but I think when J.P. Holtz is called upon to either you know assist, chip block, go to the second level, I think he's a guy that's going to be able to execute his assignments really well. Got J.P. Holtz uh, taking this matchup over Trey Flowers. I've also got uh, now to David Montgomery. Bears have the matchup lead 2-1. to one. David Montgomery versus Christian Jones. I don't don't think it's entirely because of Christian Jones. I think it's more the situation around David Montgomery. Uh, I don't know if he's going to get the opportunities uh, to be able to kind of isolate a guy like Christian Jones enough. I just, I got to take Christian Jones and kind of the more or less betting against the Bears offensive line, betting against the Bears play calling to be able to feature David Montgomery for once as a lead back in the NFL. You know, I think we finally saw what it looked like against the Chargers. And we kind of went away with it against uh, Philadelphia. We had a lot of wonky play calls in the first half. They had just a really bad offense in the first half, which happens when your quarterback stinks. Um, but overall, I just got to give this one to the Detroit defense overall. I think they're a pretty good run-stuffing team overall. And I think Christian Jones, uh, you know, whether or not he's making contact a few yards in the backfield, uh, I think overall his line will give him a chance to shoot some gaps. Whether or not he takes them, I don't know. Overall, just Detroit defense for me is going to take this matchup, knot it up to a piece, and then we go to Chuck Pagano versus Daryl Bevel. And I really thought Chuck Pagano would be somewhat different coming in. I thought it'd be someone who kind of uh, plays upon the, the great amount of talent he has in the secondary and up front as well. And to this point, he just hasn't let the dogs loose yet, and I don't know if we're ever going to see that. And I, I think that Daryl Bevel will be able to run his offense for the most part Without too much concern, I think, with the athletes he has in Matthew Stafford, a guy who's very adept, even if he hasn't really won a whole lot to this point in his career of meaningful games at the very least. I think he's going to be able to handle this game as far as a play-calling standpoint. Got to give this one to Darrell Bevel and the Detroit Lions. 
So I have the Bears losing this home matchup to the Detroit Lions in the term of matchups 3-2. to two. I think it'll be close. Like I mentioned, Bears play their divisional uh, games at Soldier Field pretty tough for the most part. So I think it'll be a one-score game. I could see it being a 20-14 game, something along those lines, 20-13. to 13. Uh, I just don't see it out of the Bears' offense um, being able to get it done. And I also don't see uh, the, the Bears' defense being able to create enough plays to win the game in this particular case. So uh, I give the advantage towards the Detroit Lions. Hopefully, um, hopefully I see enough out of the quarterback this week that I can use his name again and I don't have to say he stinks all the time, uh, taking a little nod from Pat McAfee on the stinks, and also because this is a family-friendly podcast, and I don't want to say other mean things. Uh, so hopefully we're having a different conversation next week with uh, some more uh, brighter outlooks on the future and on this team. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Your heart health is the foundation of your body's performance. So if you want to stay at your peak, your heart has to do the same. Cocovia delivers the level of cocoflavanols clinically proven to increase circulation, promoting healthy blood pressure and a strong heart. Boost your cardiovascular health and stay peak with Cocovia at cocovia.com. That's C-O-C-O-A-V-I-A.com. And now during Heart Health Month, save 20% with coupon code CVHEART20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease.